Amen. Amen. Hey, grab a seat, and as you do, grab a Bible and turn it to 1 John chapter 3. If you need a Bible, you'll find one under a seat, and open that one uh, towards the back of that Bible there to 1 John 3. And hey, uh, we're turning the corner into like the final third of this series through 1 John, and so if you're new here and you've not seen one of these, heard of one of these, we, for this series, did what we call just a, a series guide. And so uh, if you're taking notes today, page 106 is where you can take notes. But if you don't even have one of these, when you leave, uh, stop by the next steps area, pick one of these up, and you'll uh, be well equipped to kind of walk through the final third of this series through First John with us. We good? We ready for today? Yeah, last Sunday before we gain an hour of sleep next week, right? It's a little dark. We're a little dreary this morning. It rained all day yesterday. You ready for the Word of God? Let's go. Uh, who talks to you in your life more than anyone else? Kids, spouse, the guy at work who talks way too much. Um, we often think of someone else. The truth is uh, the person who talks to us more than anyone else is us. We have countless conversations internally, kind of in here and in here, all day long, you know, every day of the week. And um, as we kind of wrestle with the thoughts that we have, one of the things as Christians that I think is really important is that we learn how uh, to discern between uh, the promptings of the Holy Spirit and the things that are good and God-honoring that bubble up from our heart, and we learn to discern um, uh, what is not uh, how the enemy plants con condemnation in our heart that we then uh, dwell on and think about. Um, uh, the truth is, uh, no one has probably said more awful things about me than me. You're like, well, actually, you probably haven't heard some things that... Uh, have been said about you. But, but the truth is that uh, uh, kind of all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there can be these thoughts of just complete condemnation that bubble up from our heart that are planted by the enemy. And um, I think so many of us in here know what it's like to wrestle with just kind of this unsettledness in our own heart, this condemnation that bubbles up from our own heart. Um, this, this book, this gift from God that we have in our Bible in the form of a letter that the Apostle John wrote is a book all about assurance of faith. John uh, wants us, John as he writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God wants us to, as followers of Jesus, like completely rest assured in our relationship with Christ. He doesn't want us walking through all of the years of our life wondering like, am I, am I in or am I not? Am I saved or no? He wants us to know that we know that we know Jesus Christ. And so First uh, John is a gift to us that, um, that, that God has given us so that we will know. And, and so much of First John, though, is very, very convicting. Am I right? Like, hey, if you think you know Jesus, but this, this, and this, you're like, whoa. That, that kind of steps right up on my toes. And over and over again in this book, we've seen kind of these themes that recur, that true believers in Jesus, they believe in their true Jesus. They have a right understanding of who Jesus is, and they believe in him. True believers in Jesus, they love and they love with a self-sacrificing, self-emptying kind of love. And no doubt, as we've read some of those passages, we've all been like, whew, I'm convicted. 
You look at a passage like last week that Pastor DJ preached to us, and you're like, wow, Lord, help me love more like that. Well, we've seen this recurring theme throughout the book that true followers of Jesus don't continue in a pattern of sin and disobedience. And all of us, no doubt, in here, if we've, as we've come to some of those passages, we're like, okay, that's super convicting. And so John has given us over and over again these themes, like I want you to look at your life, I want you to lay it next to this book, and I want you to have assurance that you know Jesus by seeing some of these things. But now he gets to this beautiful, beautiful part of the letter where I think John gets something, and I think we get it too, that ultimately the battleground for the assurance of our faith is one like right here in our own heart. Because John's going to come to a point in the letter now. Just look at it, uh, verse 19. He says, by this, uh, 1 John 3, 19. By this, we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. I just want to kind of stop there because this is where John's going to go in this paragraph. How do we reassure our heart before him? How do we have a heart that's at rest? How do we have a heart that's assured in the faith? Because all of us in here know how quickly our hearts can just um, get off track. How quickly our hearts can believe the lies that the enemy puts there. How quickly then the anxiety bubbles up inside of us and all of a sudden we're having this, uh, this conversation internally that is not of the Lord at all when God just wants us to rest assured of our faith in Jesus Christ. And so today, I hope our hearts are reassured. Today, I hope that we're able to quiet that condemning voice that the enemy plants in our heart. Today, I hope we can take the microphone away from the voice of condemnation that comes from the enemy and give the megaphone back to the, uh, the voice of the Holy Spirit working inside of us. And I think John's going to help us with that in this right here. And so let me pray, and then let's let the Word of God speak. Father, I do ask that your Word would speak. Lord, I ask for your help right now as your word's unpacked. Lord, I pray that our hearts are reassured, our hearts are put at rest, that we're able to walk out of here understanding what is the uh, promptings of the enemy that is uh, rooted in condemnation and what are the beautiful whispers of your spirit that are rooted in reassurance of our, um, uh, of our sonship or our daughterhood in you, God. I, I pray um, for that today, in Jesus' name, amen. First John 3, verse 19. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart, what's the word? For whenever our heart condemns us. And I just want to stop there and I want to acknowledge the reality of what John just wrote. Um, John is writing to believers here. And John has just acknowledged something that's important for us in the room who have followed Jesus Christ. Um, he's just acknowledged not um, if our hearts condemn us, but it's a matter of when our hearts condemn us. Am I right? That all of us in here know that our hearts have this power to condemn. Now, what, it, what, is, uh, what does it mean to condemn? What is condemnation? Uh, condemnation gets beyond this beautiful gift from God that is conviction. Uh, condemnation uh, shouts to us, you're a failure. 
and because you're a failure, you deserve to be removed or banished or, or kept out of something. Uh, condemnation is uh, not of the Lord. Condemnation is of the enemy. And so John is telling us here, when our heart condemns us, and all of us in this room, and no doubt uh, in different seasons of life, the shouting of condemnation that wells up from the depths of our heart can be louder. For others of us in here, um, that voice of condemnation that comes up from within that is planted by the enemy can be louder. But all of us in here know when from our very own heart, this, this, these shouts of condemnation rise up. But I want to highlight just a couple of times that I know that that's amplified in my life. The condemnation of my heart can be loud when these things are true. The first one, the condemnation of my heart can be loud first when I've sinned. Okay? Now, let's understand rightly here some things. When we've sinned, and we know Jesus Christ, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, a gift from God that he'll give us is conviction, right? So I'm not talking about right now silencing the voice of conviction. That's a gift from God. When I've sinned and I know I've blown it, uh, the Lord will convict me so that I go and make it right, so that I repent, that I go and make it right with someone that I've sinned against. And so um, uh, conviction is good. When we've sinned, often God, as a good dad, will give us consequences for that sin, that's a good thing. These are gifts from God. He's wanting, us to, to, he's wanting to make it so bitter that we never return to that sin again. But I'm talking about when I've sinned and that voice of condemnation rises up from within, planted by the enemy and says, Brock, really? No real follower of Jesus would have ever done that. Brock, are you serious? You just thought that and you think you know Christ? Rock, did you really just say that? And you think you, like, you think you actually have a relationship with Jesus. You think a real Jesus follower would have actually said that. That's what I'm talking about, a condemning voice that's not from the Father. And all of us in here have known those times like this. And so that voice of condemnation can be very, very loud when we've sinned. And I'm not talking about conviction. I'm not talking about consequences. I'm talking about that you're a failure, a banishment type, rejection type voice that's coming in. How about this? The condemnation of our hearts can be loud when we failed. And I'm not necessarily talking about failed in the sense of sin now. I'm talking about you uh, took a leap of faith and it turn, turned into colossal belly flop. And like, you just like, yeah, we... Like, I, I stepped out on this, and it is a total fail. And the voice of condemnation from within will start to not just say you failed, it'll start to say you're a failure. You're an utter failure. You're an idiot. Like, can you believe, like, you're, you're, you're a loser. This is what I'm talking about, this voice of condemnation. And then uh, third, uh, the condemnation of my heart can be loud when I'm isolated. When you isolate yourself, and you got all of this just internal swirl going without the, without the influence of other believers speaking into your life and the circumstances of your life, uh, the condemnation in our heart can get very loud. So I just want to acknowledge, John is talking about here, um, that for the believer, our hearts can begin to condemn us. But I want you to go back to what this verse says. What's the hope of this? Verse 20. 
For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. And he knows everything. Now, does that make sense? Because when I first read that, and when I've read that throughout my life, I'm like, what does this even mean right now? Like, what is this saying? When my heart condemns me, when our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. And he knows everything. Okay, I think what this is saying here is that the condemnation that rises up from within, that the enemy will plant internally in our heart, that makes us question our faith, that makes us not rest assured of our relationship in Jesus Christ, can be conquered by gospel truths. Um, When it says that God is greater than our heart, the condemnation shouts from within, makes us question our faith, makes it whatever it is, and um, we have to come back to the truths of who God is and what has been true of us because of the gospel. And when it says that he knows everything, that um, when the enemy tries to condemn us because of some sin that is within, the Lord knows And yet, while we were still sinners, he loved us. And he's not come to die for me because I've lived a morally upright life. He's come to die for me because I haven't lived a morally upright life. And so when the voice of condemnation that the enemy plants in my heart starts to say to me, Brock, you are so unworthy, man. Look at the filth inside of you. I will often just go, yeah, I know. I know. And thus the need for a savior and thus the need for the greater God greater than the, my condemning heart to come and rescue me from this like he, know, he knows and he knew and he still loved me enough to send his son down and take the cross for me like when you go there Christian the enemy's like uh I don't know what I got left. Like, I'm lobbing condemnation their way, and they're like, yeah, I, I, I know. So much of what you're saying is true, but guess what? My God is greater than your condemnation. He knew. He, he knew what he was getting. And he loved me anyway, in spite of it. When our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. And he knows everything. There is is nothing that the enemy could put his finger on in my life and try to lob a grenade of condemnation about that my Savior doesn't already know and hasn't taken the cross for me. I'm not saying excuse. You're saying, oh, yep, see, I'm not saying abuse grace and all this. I'm just saying, like, There is no place for the condemnation. And so uh, to say it like this, when my heart condemns me, I remember God fully knows and fully loves me. How scary is the thought of being fully known? You with me? Like, how scary is the thought of someone fully known? knowing you. 
marriage, right? My wife kind of knew what she was getting, but nine years in, she has a better picture of what she got. There's a reality of the longer you're living within a minute, you're fully, you're more fully knowing the other one. And there's this beautiful reality in the gospel that we have a God who fully knows us. He sees the ugliness of my heart even better than I can, and he's lavished his love on me. When our heart condemns us, and it will, the enemy loves to lob the grenades of condemnation that will bubble from the depths of your very own heart. You will say some of the worst things to you because the enemy will plant it there. You have to remember, my God is greater than my heart. He knows. He knows everything. And in resting in this, you can quiet the condemnation coming from within. And so much of this letter has been how you loving, how is your pattern of sin and disobedience in your life. John comes now and he knows ultimately the battleground of assurance of faith, it, it rages right in here. He's like, I want you to know something. God is greater than our heart. He knows everything. And this can quiet the condemnation. And so this week, no doubt's Thoughts of condemnation, beyond conviction, beyond uh, the fruit of consequences, thought of a just outright condemnation will be planted by the enemy and bubble up in your heart. There are times, I probably look crazy, but there are times I'll just out loud when some thought, just crazy thought, Brock, you're not even safe, shut up. People around me are probably like, what is this guy? Just shut up. You are so, do you really think a follower of Jesus would have a thought like that. Shut up. That's why he came and died for me. You, you really think you're worthy? Shut up. I'm not worthy. There's nothing worthy about me. And yet Christ has come and lavished his love on me and has made me one of his own. We combat these thoughts of condemnation with gospel truths. Now, when we learn to turn down the dial of the condemning heart, when we learn to change the picture, take the megaphone away from the condemning heart, there are awesome, awesome, awesome blessings that John is going to go into here when the condemning heart is quieted. What are the blessings of a heart that is resting assured in the gospel, that has learned how to tune to the Holy Spirit, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and has learned how to tune out the condemnation from the enemy? What are some of the awesome blessings that come from a condemning heart that has been quieted? Um, verse 21, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have, and what's the word? We have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. 
just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. So when my condemning heart is quieted, what are the blessings that we enjoy in Christ? The first thing that it mentioned here is this. We enjoy confidence before God. This isn't the first time John has brought up confidence before God. Uh, The chapter ahead of us, that we will be confident in his appearing, right? That when we are completely resting assured that we are in Christ ones, uh, have been redeemed by the blood of Christ, are confidently, positionally right before God because of what Jesus has done, When our heart is resting assured in that, we stand confidently before the Lord. There is nothing more important for a son or a daughter than to have complete rest assured confidence that mom and dad love them. And when our heart is not condemning, when our conscience is clear, when we don't have this condemnation coming up from within, we stand confidently before the Father and we're confident in the fact that we are sons or daughters of the King. And it's an awesome blessing. And you know this, like very practically you know this. You know how You know the peace of the Holy Spirit when you are resting assured and aren't internally conflicted with all this condemnation from within. You know the confidence that gives standing before the Lord. And so when this condemning heart is quieted, we enjoy the blessings of confidence before God. But then here's an interesting one. We enjoy answered prayer. Like, what? You kind of first read this paragraph and you've got to, you're like trying to sort out how do all of these things work together. But look back at what it says in verse 21. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him. Now we've preached on this a few different times in the life of our church as we've come across the statement that is in multiple places in the New Testament. Whatever we ask, we receive from him. And all of us have the conflicts in our head of like, really? Because I feel like I've asked some stuff. Not quite sure if I've ever received it. Whatever we ask, we receive from him. And then what's the next word? Whatever we ask, we receive from him. Comma, what's the next word? Because... We keep his commandments and do what pleases him. So you have a heart of where condemnation from the enemy is quieted, gives you confidence before the Lord. It allows us to lean more fervently into the obedience to God. We know the joy of walking in relationship with Jesus Christ. We know the joy of a heart at peace. It makes us want to pursue holiness. We desire holiness. We desire to obey the Lord. 
Um, and it says, when that happens, when our heart is aligned with God's heart, we begin to ask for the things that are on God's heart. He delights in answering these. But he has just tied here, and, and throughout the New Testament, you see this tie here of the fact that a lot of our answer to prayer is tied to us being obedient to follow after the Lord. Uh, in First Peter, it'll talk about like husbands, even how you love your wives, that's tied to your prayer life. So your prayers might not be hindered. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, he would not have hurting me. And so you see this here. You see a heart at peace, condemnation quieted, allowing us to pursue uh, obedience to the commands of God and the fruit that happens within our very own prayer life as our heart is aligned with God's and we begin to ask for things that are on God's heart. He delights in answering. When my condemning heart is quieted, I enjoy confidence before God. We enjoy the answer to prayer. Related to this, we enjoy obedience through faith and love. So he says at the end of 21, uh, at the end of 22, and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his what? Commandments, singular or plural? Thank you. And do what pleases him. Verse 23, and this is his commandment, singular or plural? It's interesting. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. Why do we go from this plural reality of keeping his commandments to this singular reality of keeping his commandment? I believe it all boils down to the great commandment that we would love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, that we would love our neighbor as ourselves. That when my condemning heart is quieted, we enjoy the blessings of obedience through these two things. Faith in Jesus Christ and love for one another. Um, when we allow the enemy to have the megaphone of condemnation, and when we, when we haven't learned how to turn that voice down to take the megaphone away to be attuned to the spirit and not attuned to the voice of the enemy. The condemnation raging from within our own heart will rob us of the joy of simple obedience through faith and love. It will distract us from the simple call that God has given us to believe in Jesus Christ and once believing in Jesus Christ, you will have the Holy Spirit in you to love more and more with a Christ-like kind of love. And so he continues to flow here. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment. That we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and that we love one another just as he has commanded us. And now, um, ultimate heart assurance, ultimate internal assurance, ultimate taking the megaphone of condemnation away from the enemy inside of here happens because of what we find now in verse 24. Whoever keeps his commandments, here's the word again, what's the word? abides in God. 
Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God. John's like favorite theme to write about, right? Abiding, abiding, abiding. And I think every time we come across that word, we're like, but what does that really look like? Always go back to John 15 and the picture Jesus gave us of the vine and the branches. The branch simply remaining connected to the vine. The branch has life in it because it's connected to the vine. The branch bears fruit just simply because it's connected to the vine. And so as John's like, if you keep his commandments, it shows you're abiding in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us. This is beautiful. By the spirit whom he has given us. When my condemning heart is quieted, we enjoy the blessings of confidence before God, answered prayer, obedience through faith and love, and we enjoy the blessings of him abiding with me. How do we know that? How do we know he's abiding with me? Proved by his spirit in me. And as we grow in walking with Jesus, um, Jesus said, my sheep, what? My sheep, my sheep hear my voice, right? My sheep hear my voice. The, as we begin to um, learn how to listen, we will know condemnation bubbling up from our heart is not the voice of Jesus. It's the voice of the enemy, but because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, dwelling inside of us, we will learn the Spirit will help us attune to the voice of Jesus and will listen and will obey. And it's the voice of Jesus that will not condemn, it will convict. It's the voice of Jesus that will not condemn. It will be tender and it will be loving and it will reassure our son, uh, our, uh, the fact that we are sons or the fact that we are daughters. It will reassure us. It will give us confidence in our faith. Uh, It's the voice of the Holy Spirit inside of us that will allow us to rest assured in the beauties and the glories of God. And it's the Holy Spirit inside of us that allows us to discern how to turn down the condemnation coming from within planted by the enemy. I just want you to be encouraged, Christians, that my heart, my condemning heart can be quieted. You, You for that? My condemning heart can be quieted. And you can experience the blessings of a heart resting assured in Christ. And so, this week, this week you might sin. No laughs at that? Like, really? Do I just need to throw that out for a second service? Or pity laughs now? This week you might sin. When you do, you don't let the condemnation of the enemy bubble up from your heart. You attune your ear to the conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit. You listen and respond, but you tune out the condemnation. When you fail, like when you just, wow, that was an utter and total failure. You don't listen to the condemnation planted in your heart from the enemy that screams, you're a failure. 
you listen to the voice of your dad who's saying, awesome, try. So much of this is so simple. Um, think about like your kid trying to ride, a, ride their bike. You take the training wheels off and you get them on it and you're running behind it and you kind of give them a push and let them go and all of a sudden you can see the handlebar wobble, you know, and then boom, down they go. If in that moment you shout condemnation over your four-year-old, you're a terrible parent, okay? <laughs> we don't do that, right? You're not like, what? You're such a loser, failure. I can't believe my son or my daughter wouldn't have gotten on the first try. Like, I'll just say, if that's you, you're a terrible parent, okay? I'm not even going to hide it. What do you say? Awesome fall. Sweet. That was like one of the best falls ever. Do you want to do it? Let's do it again. That's what I'm talking about. Like, when you fail, you're going to fail at some stuff. I'm not talking about sin. We talked about sin. I'm talk Condemnation is from the enemy. The condemning heart, that's planted from the enemy. You learn to attune your heart to the voice of the Lord and not the voice of the enemy. I just want us all, the battleground of our assurance, the battleground of knowing, the ultimate battleground of knowing that we are in Christ, it all rages right in here. All of us Christians in this room have the moments and have had the moments where it's like, man, am I even saved right now? Like, am I even saved? Am I even a child of God? If you know that you know that you're in Christ, you take the megaphone away from the condemning heart and you tune your ear to the voice of the Lord and you enjoy the benefits and the blessings of a heart that is resting assured in Jesus. Cool? You stand with me? Father, I just want to pray for us in here. Um, Lord, we read this, we read your word this week, and Lord, so much of it is, it's so good because, like, we war internally, and the enemy knows that, and so the enemy knows how to just plant things in our own hearts. God, would you help us remember this week that when our hearts condemn us, you're greater than our heart, that you know, and you've always known, and yet it, you didn't look down at my heart and go, ooh, that's a little too ugly. You sent your son to pay the penalty for my sin anyway, and you've, you have literally, because of that, left the enemy no ammunition to speak condemnation over me. Because in the gospel, Lord, we're not condemned, we're forgiven. We're not banished, we're brought in. And yet, Lord, we just, like, I know my own heart. Erica's always like, man, you're so in your head. Like, the things, I, the things that will bubble up from my own heart, Lord, are so condemning at times.
God, would you free us from that? And would you help us to know the joy of the blessings of a heart at rest? Yeah, we're messed up. Our hearts at times dwell on things that are not of you, but Lord, then the gentle conviction of your spirit comes in and you lead us to repent and you assure us of the fact that we're your son or we're your daughter. Lord, help us to know how to attune our heart to that and to completely, by the power of your spirit, quiet the condemnation. So Lord, will you teach us that more and more this week? Will you help? Will you win the war of assurance that rages in our very own heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.